I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Real Grande Guardian. This is one of a series of Real Grande Guardian podcasts on education in the Rio Grande Valley. In this case, Idea Public Schools of the Rio Grande Valley has established Idea Public Schools in the Permian Basin. Steve Taylor spoke to the executive director for Idea Public Schools, Permian Basin, Bethany Solis. I understand you're rather busy these days. Yes, just a little bit. <laughs> well, um, I did. I did tell your team that they approached me. Your press office approached me and said, "Look, I know it's not your coverage area, Steve. The Rigwendy Guardian is, is a South Texas publication, but we're doing big things in the Permian Basin." And I said, "No, it's that's of statewide interest. I'll be happy to." to um, do a piece on that so wonderful um, I, but I know very little about what the project is and how it came about what the city leadership over there thinks of it etc etc so if you fill me in I'll be happy to to do a story absolutely so um, and just for, for any if it's helpful context for you I am actually from the Rio Grande Valley um, at least as an adult, and moved here from there just a year ago. So, oh, wow. Um, my background is, is there in the Valley, um, working for IDEA for some time. But, um, Tell me, I, oh, let me ask you, what did you do in the sure. Valley? So I I moved to the Valley right after college graduation back in 2003. I came with Teach for America and taught with Mercedes ISD for two years, mm-hmm. after which um, I... Uh, taught at IDEA for uh, several years, back when there was just IDEA Donna, and um, and then I opened IDEA Mission as principal. Wow! And then for the past seven years, I believe it's been, um, I was the IDEA Vice President of Leader Development and oversaw all of our leader development training programs, like our Principals and Residence Program and, and other different programs and experiences. Wow, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And so now we've lost you to the Permian Basin. Yes, it was unexpected but, but fortuitous. It really, um, the, the opportunity here was incredibly uh, compelling and, and right for kids. Um, about a little over a year ago, Joanne Dama, our superintendent, um, gave me a call and, and asked me to consider this role as executive director for our Permian Basin region out here in West Texas. And um, my experience, just like most people that I recruit to come out here, uh, was one of an initial kind of, no, I've never really, never really thought about living in West Texas. I'm very happy here in the Valley. Um, we have lots of family, we're rooted, um, but it, it became very apparent to me very quickly as I uh, really dug into the data here. Um, the, the schools here are part of Region 18, and it is the lowest performing region in the state of Texas in terms of an educational region. I came out for a visit and met with a number of community leaders who all helped me understand what the situation in our community is. And um, it really is, it's, it's our community here in Midland and Odessa is both, it's a time of, of crisis and intense need. Um, there's a lot of strain on the community right now um, because of the tremendous boom in the energy industry and just the number of people that that is attracting. Um, but as a community, we don't yet have the housing, the infrastructure, the health care, um, and the educational 
services required to, to properly serve the the influx of population that is um, just so quickly coming. Um, we have the lowest unemployment in the country, and um, and so you know our the talent challenges are very real, right? Because there's not a lot of people looking for work, um, and there are many industries that have the means to pay very high salaries to attract folks to come to the area um, and to uh, to work for them, right? Um, and that has that has inflated housing. Um, housing here is as expensive, if not more expensive, than Austin. Um, wow. But it's it's Midland Odessa, right? It doesn't have all of the same amenities and and sort of quality of life um, that that many people, especially younger generation of professionals, are looking for. So it's a real challenge um, and a, 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 just a real crisis in many ways. However, what is incredible about this community is, you know, there's a real spirit of, you know, we can, you know, we're we can make something really, really tremendous happen. Uh, it's a community of roll up your sleeves and, and get the job done no matter how hard, no matter how challenging. It's a community that's willing to take risks and try new things that most other communities are not willing to do. And so, um, you know, when I visited out here and, and came to understand that, I just got incredibly excited. You know, before I moved to the Valley, I came from a tiny town in Northern California. It was very similar in spirit, not in size, but in spirit of, you know, it's a community that, that most people in the country have never heard of. And so the people who live there realized if we have problems, it's us who's going to solve them and we're willing to do it. And it just, it reminded me out here of that experience I had growing up in a community like that. What, what town was that? I grew up in MacArthur, California. Oh, okay. Yep. And, and so, so there's similarities. Ahead, no, there's, yeah, there's similarities in terms of the can-do spirit. Exactly, and the and the commitment to solving our own problems, right? Not waiting for the state to solve them or, or any other entity to solve them. It's look, if we have a problem in our community, we're the ones that can and will solve it. And I watched, you know, I watched my my dad, who was a school psychologist, just do whatever it took. He he went to incredibly um, under-resourced communities and top parenting classes because he's someone need. My mom um, helped start and run a local food pantry because she and others saw the need. And so I, I, I grew up with that approach to community, and that is exactly what I saw and experienced um, here in the Permian Basin, a community with tremendous needs, but a community filled with really uh, committed citizens who were rolling up their sleeves and saying, we can do this. And I, I say, I want to I wanna be a part of this. This is exciting. And, and ultimately, kids and their families deserve um, a group of people who are willing to transform the education system here. Okay. So how big is your service area and which, which cities will you cover? We will be opening schools in the cities of Midland and Odessa, which combined um, serves a, a total population of about 300,000 people and fast growing. Uh, and the number of students attending public schools right now is around 60,000 uh, between the two cities combined. Mm -hmm. uh, but the projections are it's going to grow fast. 
Absolutely. I was just on a call an hour ago with the local school board president, and you know, demographic projections are that in the next five years, there will be anywhere from seven to 15,000 more students just in the Midland School District. Um, it is, the growth is unimaginable. Mm-hmm. And what's the demographic uh, makeup profile? Yeah, great question. The majority of students um, come from Hispanic families um, in both Midland and Odessa. Um, there is a smaller but still sizable um, African-American population. And so bottom line is the, the, the vast majority of students in schools here are children of color. Um, the most come from families that uh, haven't attained a college degree, um, but because of the booming economy, there is a relatively, uh, or compared to other communities, a lower number of low-income students. About 50% of students here are low in- come from low-income families. Mm-hmm. And you said earlier that you have the lowest unemployment rate in the country. What, what percentage is that? It is 2% or less. I'm forgetting what the exact number is as of right now, um, but it is it is tiny. And you said earlier that the housing, the price of houses, is as possibly as high as Austin, which is very yeah. high by you know, comparison to our Rio Grande Valley area. That being yes. that being the case, I'm, I would imagine if 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 the labour market, if the labour pool is is in in high demand, that the wages in the in the community are pretty high. Exactly. Like uh, an average, you know, in my research, I found the average, you know, a fast food service job will pay about $15 an hour. Um, If you go to the oil field, my goodness, you can make a killing. Uh, You know, someone with their CDL um, truck driving license working overtime can make six-figure salaries. Mm -hmm. And so the decision of from Idea Public Schools to move to that area and grow that market, was that was that uh, a decision made internally when you just looked at the uh, the growth, or did the local community ask you to come in, or both? Very much the latter initially. Um, the local community uh, was in discussions with us and initiated the discussion and was in, were in discussions with us for a, a couple of years um, before we agreed, primarily because because of the challenges, it, it's a unique risk um, that we haven't experienced in other communities that we have entered as Idea Public Schools. Um, but after you know realizing as an organization what I realized personally, just how uniquely committed this community was and then how uniquely great the need is for good schools um we we really felt like it's not an opportunity that that we could walk away from and felt that we really had the responsibility um to accept the invitation of the community and and come and be a part of the solution here so um what's the what's the plan in terms of how many schools your 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 timeline etc yeah, by the year 2025, we will have opened 14 schools on seven sites across the cities of Midland and Odessa, and at scale, those schools will serve about 10,000 students. When, when will the first one open? Just a year from now, August 2020, and that first school is going to be actually fairly historic uh, for IDEA. 
it, it, we're not opening our traditional model. Um, you, you are likely familiar with the fact that usually we open a school at small scale, right? Kindle first and second in the elementary, sixth grade in the secondary, and then we add grade levels until we fully scale. This first school, we've entered into a partnership with Midland ISD, and it will be Idea's very first full-scale turnaround. Uh, it's an existing school with about almost 800 students from pre-K through six. We will be assuming leadership of that school using the building. Every student that's currently there will have priority enrollment. And it will become, it's not Travis Elementary, it will become Idea Travis. Um, and we'll be um, launching with, you know, 800 students from day one. We're very excited. Um, the reason that we're doing this is the local school district, Midland ISD, approached us um, and invited us into uh discussions about a partnership, Travis Elementary, the results that just came out and were made public today, Travis Elementary has the seventh longest um, failing streak in the state of Texas. It's now entering its fifth year of improvement required, and it is a school that where children just deserve something radically different, and that's um, that's what we'll be bringing. So you saw, did you say there an F grade? Yes, there have been an F grade, uh, which is the same as improvement required. Now, their last school year was their fifth year earning an F grade as of yesterday's results. And therefore, Midland decided, look, we're, we're failing these students year after year. Yes. Something's got to be done. And then they approached you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, another challenge. Yes, we're really excited about it. Our top principal, um, so IDEA's highest performing elementary school in San Antonio is uh, called IDEA South Florida's. Um, they have the, the highest grade of all of our elementary schools. That principal, her name is Haley McCarthy, who actually started her career with IDEA in the Valley as well. She, um, she has accepted the offer to come and lead IDEA Travis. And so it's going to be led by an IDEA veteran principal, our literally our very best. Uh, is coming to, to lead this turnaround opportunity. And it sounds as though the Valley's having a big influence, all, your, all the personnel that started with IDEA. Very much. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. And it's, it's really inspiring. You know, I came to the Valley when not only IDEA, but other surrounding districts were really starting to um, transform things. I, I did some consulting work with PSJA uh, for some time, um, helping with their early college initiative. Um, I know McCown ISD, a number of many, many districts across the valley have just done really innovative things over the past 15, 20 years. So where Region 1, which was once the bottom, the bottom of the rung in terms of educational achievement in the regions in Texas, it's now number one. And when we share that with our community out here, they are floored and inspired by the fact that what was once the lowest performing region was actually able to move to the top. And the, you know, as I share with them, IDEA was a part of that. It wasn't the only cause of it, but IDEA, along with uh, really forward-thinking superintendents of many other districts, together have have initiated a radical change um, in educational outcomes for kids across the region and folks here in the Permian Basin very literally want that same thing uh, for their children. But you would argue it was a, part, a big part of it, idea coming into the market and then offering competition which which lifted 
you know, lifted the uh, public schools as well because they had to perform better to compete. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that initiated things, right? That initial infusion of competition. Um, at the same time, you know, I've just seen the incredible work that other local districts have done in response to that. And so I think the sum total has been a, a region-wide shift. But yes, I think it would be hard to, to argue um, IDEA's initial influence on that, that transformation. So have you, have you given yourselves any goals that you're saying publicly, this is what we want to achieve by this year? Uh, anything like that that you've said as a group? Absolutely. Uh, well, in the short term, we uh, Travis Elementary has been an S for five years now, and we are going to do everything in our power to get it to an A in one year. We really believe it can be done. Um, it sounds audacious and unrealistic, um, but when you have the people that are, are coming uh, to lead the school, it's, it's, it's never the children. It's always the system and the adults uh, running that system that are the problem or the solution, right? And, and um, I, I just, I believe really deeply that kids will perform at remarkable levels when the system gets it right. Yeah, and, and this and this Travis, this idea Travis School is your is your first one, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a lot riding on that to, to set, a, set a good example. And that is by design. This is a region where right now there are no real proof points of what low-income minority kids are able to achieve. There are a couple of high-performing schools out here, but they are almost without exception. Um, admissions required schools, right? You have to you have to come in with a certain level of academics, um, magnet schools, gifted and talented schools, and so there's there is no open enrollment school here that is just knocking it out of the park and showing, look, no matter how far back behind or ahead you come in, here's what can happen um, when the adults in the system get it right, and that's what we intend to do. You know. Understand, I understand why charter schools sometimes get the criticism of, gosh, well, you attract, you attract kids that are already a little more motivated, or at least families that are, a little, are a little, already a little bit more motivated. With Travis, it would be the same kids, right, that have been failing for five years straight, not some special group of kids whose parents are, quote-unquote, more motivated. Um, my experience has been parents are always highly motivated to, to do right by their kids. They just aren't old. They don't always have access to a school that gives what their children need. So we, we intend to give them that at Travis. Well, Bethany, you've answered all the questions I had. Is this is very, very helpful? I really, I'm so pleased to connect with you and to do this story. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Gosh, I think just um, you know, personal gratitude for the example of innovation and change that the Rio Grande Valley has set for the state and the country. I don't know that the communities within the Rio Grande Valley realize. Um, just how much the eyes of, of others are on them and on the work that has been done educationally. And um, I've never been so grateful for for those um, those efforts as I have been this past year, realizing how much it means to others around the state and country. 
Well, Bethany, thank you again. Uh, we're going to follow your work over there with great interest. Now you've thank you. Now you've explained it so well, uh, how, you know, what a serious situation you have with this very first school. And uh, we'll, we'll keep on top of this and, and keep covering, covering you, even though you're not in our market. Uh, it's a statewide, a story of statewide significance. We'll be pleased to follow you and, and cover you. So anytime you have some good, Thank you. some information, new information for us, let us know. You bet. That was Bethany Solis. She's the executive director of Idea Public Schools, Permian Basin. Solis, who worked with Idea Public Schools in the Rio Grande Valley, is now based in the Midland area with Idea Public Schools, Permian Basin. Be sure to listen to the whole series of podcasts about education in the Rio Grande Valley, only in the Rio Grande Guardian.